Words. Talking. Monotone words. No, we're not going to be monotone. Talk like we would actually talk. No yelling. Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Unstruggles podcast, an educational and as we like to think humorous learning podcast brought to you by the Uninstitute's Learning Network. She's Shelby. And she's Stephanie. And together we're your learning enthusiasts and play connoisseurs. This is a judgment-free parenting zone to help you teach your little nuggets how to learn. Each podcast will discuss relevant and probably irrelevant topics and news. We will give advice on learning struggles in our I Think I Need an Educator segment featuring real struggles from real parents who have reached out to us. Lastly, we'll finish off with an aha moment to show you that you can come out of your blanket fort and dust off those snack crumbs and teach your little angels of love how to learn. We got you. Come join us. Hi, friends, and welcome to our very first podcast of the Unstruggles. Yeah, we're so excited. It's our first one. Yay! So thank you for joining us today on this fine Tuesday in December. How are you doing today, Steph? I'm great. How are you, Shelby? I'm great. So I think we are going to start the podcast off with a little bit of a get-to-know-you section. So we're going to talk a little bit about ourselves and answer Mm -hmm. some really important questions. Life-altering. Do you want to start, Steph? Sure. Let's get to know Steph a little bit. Go ahead. So my name is Stephanie, and I like long walks on the beach, and I am an Aries. (laughs) I don't really like the beach because sand, gross. But in all honesty, um, my, so my name is Stephanie, that is correct, and I am a educator a boss lady, and a mom. So let's start with the educator part, I guess. I um, have a master's in adolescent education. Real smart. Which, I mean, kind of helps me in the educator field. My teaching grades would be grade six to high school, and my teachables are history and English. I know the most interesting subjects out there, I really like to read, apparently. (laughs) So um, that's a little bit about my, I guess, my educational background. As um, a working person, Mm -hmm. I've worked in the educational field, working with pretty much every age group. So that is like zero to 99. I have taught in all different kinds of atmospheres from swimming lessons, aqua fit. Let me tell you, those ladies in an aqua fit class can be meaner than a high school student. Mm. Um, I imagine it. Right. Uh, summer camps, working with children with special needs. Um, it, like I said, in a classroom setting, uh, the last couple of years, I have been a director for school age programming, which is working with adults, working with children. So I've got to work with adults and children in that Mm -hmm. field within the school board itself, which has been really uh, helpful um, in getting to know curriculum and understanding how people learn and why people want to learn and all those juicy little motivators. And I am a mom to an eight-year-old boy let me tell you, eight is fun. I'm mm-hmm. like really enjoying eight. He's at a good age. He is hilarious. He is sarcastic. I'm going to straight up apologize to my mom right now. <laughs> Just mom, I am so sorry because my child is definitely a product of his raising. Oh boy. 
I'm in trouble for like 14, yeah. but right now eight is fun. You have a good kid. He he is a kind and caring and sweet little boy who's not so little anymore because he's probably one of the taller kids yes. in his class. He's a big kid. He's a big kid, but he's just honestly like so respectful too. Like the manners on that kid is I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for manners, but the sarcasm and the humor, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, yeah, and no, he is your kid food motivated. Like he refuses to do his word wall words unless there is cheese there to bribe him to do it. Mm, sounds about right. Yeah. So, um, I have a husband, his name is Steve. We have been together for 15 years, married for 10. I know crazy. I don't know how we put up with each other. But we love each other. Um, Shelby is my work spouse. Yeah. Sister wife in a non-relationship way. way. We just spend a lot lot of time time together. together. Um, I'd say I see more of Shelby than I do my spouse. 100%. We probably get along better than (laughs) we do with our spouses. (laughs) We're more compatible. Shelby and I have worked together for over five years. Mm-hmm. We met as boss ladies in the educational field, working within the school board with their school age programs. Mm-hmm. Um, so Shelby, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So my name is Shelby. She's a Taurus. I'm a Taurus. And that about sums up my personality in one word. And <laughs> Um, I am also a teacher educator, um, boss lady, if we will, and a firm mama. So in educational stance, mm-hmm. I graduated with my bachelor of education. My teachables, if you will, is maybe worse than history and English. It's English and religion. Mm. Yeah, I know. Again, I also might like to read. So... <laughs> Those are my, that's my educational. And I did a five-year practicum experience. I was lucky enough to get to do the concurrent education program. So I have about five years within classrooms for practical experience. And my age group is, so primary, junior, so JKs to grade six. So I kind of tackle the younger years. And that way you get a broad spectrum with us, really. All the age groups. All the age groups. Um, Work-wise... I have been an educator and also a director in the educational system, and that so I kind of got to experience also the early years so I can work with the toddler ages and then also with the school ages. And I think what I learned from that was a lot of self-improvement in the fact that I was an ongoing learner. I got a great opportunity to take multiple different courses and workshops and facilitations um, to broaden my learning, but also working with other educators so that we can better prepare our children for success. Mm-hmm. And where I really loved working with was with challenging behaviors. So really understanding why children behave the way they do and trying to approach them at their level. In terms of my family, I have a two-year-old puppy who is named Sierra. She is my pride and joy. She is the boss of the house. The husband loves the dog more. Yep, definitely the bottom of the totem pole in my household. (laughs) And I am married to my wonderfully supportive husband, who I still don't know why he's with me. (laughs) He's so 
lucky. He's so lucky. Um, no, he really is a great man, and we've been married for two years, and yeah, we've built quite the life together, but again, I probably see Steph more than him, so <laughs> that's a little bit about me. We are both teachers and in educational fields that sees that parents are struggling and the world is changing and we want to help you through that. Mm -hmm. Even if the world wasn't changing, I still think that it's important to be able to help your children learn at home and not everybody really knows how to set that up. Yeah. So that's kind of why we're here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Now the most important <laughs> questions are coming. Our fun time, guys. Get ready. What motivates you. I know what motivates you. I would say I am motivated by cheese, <laughs> carbs, wine, nap time. Yes. I mean like all around mom wishes mm. with just a warm meal, a warm bath, some bubbly in both the tub and the bath. Uh, both the tub and the glass I guess. Yeah. Um, that is what I think motivates me. I, I mean, I could really go philosophical here and say, you know, children. Um, but I think right now it's a good Hallmark Christmas movie. Mm, yes. It's, it really is. I did just watch The Holiday this weekend. So good. Extremely inappropriate, hilarious, must-watch movie. Oh, and, and that man. I mean, any accent? Oh, gets me. Yeah. <laughs> High quality Christmas movie. If you've not seen The Holiday, I strongly recommend you watch that. It's not just a Christmas movie, my friends. It covers every single holiday. Is it Cinco de Mayo? Watch The Holiday. Do I we get it. paid for advertising Netflix movies? Because I think, Netflix, you owe me a check. <laughs> I think so. I mean, really, the two of us might be sole providers for that. Mm -hmm. We could we could do it. We could. We could. Let us know Netflix if you're listening. All right, so food and beverage aside motivates. Mm. I guess it would be passion. It would be your yeah. your what what are you passionate about? What are you curious about? What do you want to learn? I think those are kind of yeah, motivators. Stubbornness? <laughs> Of course, Steph, stubbornness is a strong motivator for us. Yeah. But I think as educators, we understand that lifelong love of learning is definitely a huge motivator for us. I'd also say just being an all-around decent human being sometimes mm, motivates I mean, me. Being able to help somebody yeah, is what I mean. Like being yes. kind, being able to help somebody. Um, Make something easier for someone. Being seen as responsible. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is now a therapy session. <laughs> Let's talk about why. Why do you why? feel that way? <laughs> why do you feel this way? I always the say... to be per perfect all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, that's mm -hmm. I think, as a female, is kind of one of the big things that drives us is that need for perfection. Yeah. To do everything. And there just isn't time in the day to do that. I just kind of want to Joan of Arc this. And, <laughs> like, I always say, I want to leave this world better than I left it. And some, for some odd reason, maybe because I'm a female, I feel like I have to single-handedly do that. And you know what? Where did that get Joan of Arc? Dead. Dead. <laughs> so, friends, it's okay to not be perfect. Because if you're perfect, you will end up on a pile of sticks and branches burning to death. 
when in fact, instead, you could be on a couch eating carbs and drinking wine mm-hmm. and being perfectly imperfect. And is now a good time to tell you that we're history buffs? Oh, okay. Yeah. But that's, yeah. yeah, we might have histo- historical references. Okay. Let's move okay, on to the on. next question. This is my favorite. Okay, you asked. Okay, so we are going to share our favorite book and our favorite children's book because I think they're two very different things. So do, do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. So if anybody knows me, I mean, I, I am a literature buff. Um, so it's hard to pick my favorite book, but if I don't say Alice in Wonderland, I think people would, people, people would be would like, what? People would judge me, right? Yeah. They, if I said something else, they'd be like, no, Shelby, it's not. Um, my life revolves around Alice in Wonderland. Everything. She's got tattoos of Alice in Wonderland. She I, draws it. She, mm, everything all over her house. I live by Alice's words. Okay. So that's probably my favorite book and my favorite children's book. I'm going to have to go with The Day the Crayons Quit. Mm. I just I love it. I love the sarcastic, like the sarcastic undertones within the book. So it's great for children for inclusion and opening creativity, but it's also great for adults. It is. I enjoy a good sarcastic kids book. Like I really enjoy like Chester the cat. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. But because I teach, I'm used to reading books for older grades. Um, I mean like I'm going to go like classic, like I enjoy the outsiders Mm. and those kind of books, but I would say my favorite children's book that really got my love of reading happening would have been the lion witch and wardrobe right like those are like any gender realistically could enjoy that book it also brought me to my love of turkish delight which tastes like soap so why anybody likes it i don't know but i eat it because of this book to this day it's my husband's favorite right so it's it is a good a good book my favorite book personally Hmm. Get ready for this. I, I mean, I have read a ton of books as well. I'm trying to think what my favorite book was. I really enjoyed The Historian. Anything history really... <laughs> I mean, it's got vampires in it. Not like Fifty Shades of Grey, Twilight type of book. Um, mm-mm, mm-mm. It's not. But it is really good. I enjoyed that one. A lot of... lot of, Yeah, they, they go on it's like dark. a... It's it kind of is. It's like a Da Vinci Code with vampires, like mm. Dracula. It's it's a, it was a really good book. Um, there's just a lot of historical books that nobody's ever heard of that I'm going to start <laughs> listing off. So let's just move on to the next okay. question. Perfect. You ask it. Who huh? is your hero? It's going to be Mr. Clean for show. No, it is not. <laughs> she loves to clean. Cleaning's my favorite. Girl sniffs pine salt. Oh, pine salt is the best scent to the world. My hero. Okay, so this is going to be a little bit crazy. Okay. And I'm going to say most people aren't going to know this person. Elsie McGill. Yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> so, she, I learned about her in my grade 11 history class. Okay. She is the first Female aeronautical engineer. Okay. Canadian. Um, she was on the project of the Avril Arrow. Oh, okay. And then it got canceled. I do know what the what that is. Yeah, right? Um, but she is brilliant, a feminist, a Canadian. I think she's actually, like, the first female in the world to be able to achieve what she achieved in, like, her field. And so... 
I learned about her in grade 11. She has stuck with me. I have been to museums about her. She just is just a woman that knew what she wanted in a male-dominated field and went and did things. <laughs> and I love her. This really <laughs> makes me second-guess my choice of who my hero is. <laughs> It's not even a real person. <laughs> no, but this is us. This is totally us. Okay, my hero is Scooby-Doo. <laughs> he is motivated by snacks. He always gets the job done no matter how scared he is. And he does it with his best friend. Like, nothing splits him and his friend up. I am crying right now. Because. <laughs> I wish you could have seen Steph's face as I'm talking about my hero. <laughs> She's like, crap, do I change my person? I'm not changing my person. I stand by my choice. Your person may have done real life important things, but this is a fictional character who's changed, I'm sure, a lot of people's lives. Tens of people's lives. Oh, I was terrified of that show my whole childhood. So. <laughs> He always comes out positive. Mm. I mean, he's nobody understands him, so it's almost like a ah. child with like a speech impediment, and he just pushes through. Nothing phases him. Mm. I mean, dude's got perseverance. I I won't sit here and judge you because all of those qualities are qualities I think everybody needs, and we could really just draw a lot of similarities between Elsie McGill and Scooby Doo. But let's not. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. If you had a oh, warning label, what would it say? Okay. So when Steph brought this question to me earlier, mm -hmm. um, we decided not to discuss. But I did say to her, it depends on who you're talking to. Um, or who you're with. Or who you're with. Whereas yeah. mine just remains the same no matter Okay, so you share yours you first. Yeah, I want you to share I am my same pleasant person around just about anybody, um, but I would say my warning label is um, feed at regular intervals and don't allow her to get too warm. Because if mm. you don't feed me and I am hot, watch out, watch out. I thought out. it was going to be like, kick me if I go too far. That was the warning label you gave yeah, me. Yeah, mine is sometimes I put my foot in my mouth, so <laughs> Shelby needs to like be like, Steph. <laughs> that's inappropriate. Don't say that. And then I'm going to be like, mm, but I'm going to still finish this, yeah. the sentence and then second guess what came out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. That, but I do agree with your warning. I do. I like it. I really feel like mine's not necessarily just a label. It probably would be a whole book of mm. like warnings. My sister wrote a book for my husband, my husband right before we got married on. Yes, we did it together. Deal. Yes. Yes, you did. Um, <laughs> so again, um, I mean, if you're talking to my sister, it would probably be like maximum four days together and we're done. <laughs> Just kidding. Love you. But, oh goodness. Maybe it would be like, if bothered, do not approach or provide musical entertainment. Mm -hmm. I feel like yours would be like along the lines of like may burst out into song at any point. It, yeah, it could be. Like, yours are a lot more positive than mine are. Well, I, I enjoy that you're taking a positive spin on this with mm -hmm. me, because that's not where my mind went. <laughs> but it's very true. Like, I may need to warn people about my incessant musical dance numbers that I'll do on my own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Watch out for jazz hands. That's it. Yeah. That might be it. Mm -hmm. So the last question is, what is your most unusual talent? 
Okay, you know what yours is. I do know what mine is. Okay, what is yours? Mine is my party trick, my go-to. Um, I can touch the top of my nose, like the tip of my nose with my tongue and hold one eye open and the other one completely shut at the same time. Really? I really can. I'm really sad that people can't see this, but I'm <laughs> going to ask you to show me this. <laughs> it's I haven't shown you this in my life. I, I don't know. Okay. And, like, Shelby doesn't like to stick random things in her mouth, so the fact that she's licking her own nose I can. is fascinating. So, I do one eye open, one eye shut. Okay. And then you go... Yeah, she can I lick really her can. nose. I can do it. Um, I discovered that in grade five, I think it was, like, grade five art class, um, and I really have been proud of it since. Good for you. <laughs> I'm you. not even gonna... <laughs> So, so what's your stuff? What is my my hidden talent? My my most unusual talent? Mm-hmm. Do I have? I mean, I would say like I can make anything humorous or sarcastic, but I feel like that's not unusual, and Mm-mm. people have seen that pretty I, much on a daily basis. Um, do I have a talent? What am I good at? Sarcasm and humor. <laughs> um, I could probably name a restaurant. In pretty much any single town that has the best food. Mm. Yeah. You've never you've never strayed me far from amazingness. I can also recommend a cheese for basically any mood. You really can. I can pair like you people pair like wines with meals. I can pair mm-hmm. a mood with a cheese. Yeah, like I can come to you and say, you know what? I'm feeling like angst and she'll just pull out You need a Munster cheese. I need a Munster. See? This it's it, that yeah, that's a great talent. Okay, and one I benefit from. Okay, All right. so we've prepared questions that we—I mean, we didn't really talk about our answers in the other ones, but we haven't seen each other's questions. Mm-hmm. Do you want to unveil your question first, or do you want me to? Sure, un- no, yeah, you want to yeah, go first. Yeah, because yours is probably going to be more a lot more humorous than mine. Okay, okay, so mine, and I'm going to say you're not allowed to say cheese. Okay, I'm putting that right now. Can it have if, cheese on it? No, you don't even know what the question is. Okay. <laughs> but I'm saying right now you can't say cheese. Okay. If you could make mm-hmm. a secret society, mm-hmm. what would it be for? Could it be like, a, we already do this, but like a secret society who like comes together and like talks about, well, do secret societies do important things? Like, do, is, or is it just like a book club? I Well, I mean, it would be what you want it to be because you're the creator and the founder. So it's whatever you, if you want it to be. Oh, then I would totally be like, let's go solve, like, historical mysteries. Mm. That would be me, like, and then eat cheese in the towns. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, let's, I'm sure there's people that are already out there, but I love me a good Nancy Drew mystery, and I love Mm. me a good historical, Encyclopedia Brown. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. Okay, so what would yours be about? So, mine would be murder musicals. Murder musicals. (laughs) Amazing. So, like, you're singing to, like... Like a good Sweeney Todd. Like a Lorena Bobbitt musical. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, think Ted Bundy in a musical form. And that has happiness written all over it. Zac Efron. I know you know Ted Bundy inside and out. And he sings. And he sings. That's what I mean. Zac Efron, reach out. You could be my first member. Sorry, Steph, you'll be number two. But if Zac Efron reaches out... I mean, I'm all over Zac Efron. I mean, all over the club of Zac Efron's there. <laughs> there we go. There we go. That's, that is it. That's what it would be. Yeah. And like Zac 
bring that facial hair. Yes, Oh, please. Ted Bundy doesn't have mm-hmm. facial hair. No, he doesn't. But I'll take the Volkswagen. <laughs> Why? He has, he has a bug. He had, like, a pale yellow bug. Come on. Really? Do I? Okay. I can't go into this right now. It'll be okay. too long. <laughs> Here is my question for you. Oh, boy. I'm ready. If you could be any Disney princess, oh. what would you be? Who would you be? Oh. Who would you be? Oh. Okay. Go. I would obviously be Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) (laughs) Not for, like, the bestiality part of it, but because, like, he turns into a human afterwards. He does. He does, okay? So let's put that creepiness aside. But, like, have you seen her library? Oh. Like, I'm going in for, like... People make my food. I've got, like, teacups who make me Bring you food. They, they, like, a candelabra that sings, right? A wardrobe that dresses me. Mm. And a beautiful library with that stair, or that ladder that slides, slides around. around. Like, oh, yeah. that, like, I would almost be okay with living with a beast if I got to keep that. But also, I mean, he's not the most attractive. As a human? As a human. But, like, he could get a haircut. He could, he could come into the 21st century as well. Like, this is not, it's not set for today. Right? But I feel like he's learned his lesson, so now he's going to be a nice guy. Mm. But he could also roar at people when people suck. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. I am here. And that courtyard. Right? I mean, mm, beauty. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, again, very opposite end of the spectrum, but I'm going to be Merida from Brave. Mm-hmm. I mean, one, my hair is, I mean, it's not orange, but it's as, it's, thick. It's as thick and as ridiculously wild as that. Mm-hmm. Two, I want triplet brothers as bears because okay. they're the funniest things in the world. Um, three, bears eat you in real life. N- not if they're my triplet brothers. Okay. <laughs> and three, that accent, come on. Like where she lives, I think that's another thing. Like the greens and the like. The castle and her outfit and the fact that she says, I'll be fighting for my own hand in marriage. Like, that part. Like, woman who knows what she wants and ain't gonna listen to her parents. I mean, her parents are also very opposite your own parents. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But I I want to be her. Okay. So that was a little bit about us. Now we're going to move on into our next segment. Which is... I think I need an educator. Mm -hmm. This is where we uh, deal with your issues and struggles that you're having at home with your kids while learning. Yep. So questions that have been emailed to us Mm -hmm. or questions that clients or people on our website have asked that we're seeing some consistency with or just a straight out shout out, shout out saying, hey, Shelby, hey, Stephanie, let's answer this question on your podcast. And we're like, you know what? That's an excellent question. Let's do that. So here we have Amber. Mm -hmm. And what's her question? So she asked us, I have three children ages 11, 9, and 5. We are tackling remote learning this year. How do I manage different age groups, remote learning all at the same time while I am also working from home? Please help me, Amber. Yes, so I've actually seen this on a couple of homeschooling, remote learning websites where mm-hmm. where parents have been asking the same question. So excellent question, Amber. Um, it's tricky, right? It is. Yeah. I mean, at least you got some older kids there that can 
<clears throat> that can learn to um, sign in on their own, do some independent work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think ultimately what it comes down is you're going to have to come up with a really solid schedule. Yeah. I mean, as educators, it's hard to manage learning with 30 kids in the same age group. So doing it when you're not a teacher with different age groups mm-hmm. and not in a environment um, that is used to being seen as in a learning environment is definitely, as you said, difficult. So yeah, those schedules, but I think also setting up environments and spaces to help foster positive and successful learning. Yeah. So I think that hopefully you have technology for at least two or three pieces of technology, I guess, so that children can learn uh, at the same time. And hopefully their classes are scheduled a little bit spread out. And if not, that's what the school board's offering technology for. So I Mm -hmm. think you need to take advantage of that. I think you need to get a good handle on what times your children need to log in, prepare for a little extra time while logging in. I think ultimately you really need to teach your 11 and 9-year-old how to log in on the, by themselves. Maybe they have um, timers that go off to let them know that mm-hmm. it's time for class. They have their own quiet spot, whether it is you know at a table somewhere in a living room. Hopefully there's enough space that everybody can kind of spread out to do their thing. Um, the five-year-old, I'm not sure, I know that they do have the online learning, but yeah. I think theirs is a little bit more open. And hands-on, hands-on, I'm sure. It's a lot less, here, read this, do this. Um, not so much that, like, task-oriented mm-hmm. work. So yeah, just really getting to know your children's schedules, and mm-hmm. then making either a visual schedule especially for that five-year-old to show them this is what's happening and then this, so a this and then type schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you just do a morning schedule with pics to show what happens at what time, setting timers for them so that they can be a little bit more independent in their learning so that they know, okay, at this time when this alarm goes off, this is what I'm doing. Um, I think that that'll provide you with a little bit more freedom to do your work from home. I also believe that most of the classes that are happening um, are in the morning and the afternoon. So you do have a little bit of a break in the um, kind of in between. Right. So that, you know, you, you give them a good snack and maybe they do some quiet reading or some activities. And then you can get in an hour of your own work. Um, I also think that um, at the end of the day, when you're making dinner, you bring your kids into the kitchen with you. And you just kind of do work around... Right? Like, yeah, that works. That yeah, that's sure. That's how me and my like my son and I conquer like his homework is. Well, I'm making dinner at the island. He's sitting there with with his homework, and we kind of talk through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think with a visual visual schedule, mm-hmm. it's really about setting up early to succeed in a long term. So yeah, you're going to have to put in a lot of footwork and effort the in the beginning. very beginning yeah. to make sure that this is successful. But trust me, when it sticks, it will make a world of a difference. And then you're going to notice that you do have all that time to do your work at home yeah. because your children become self 
regulatory. Um, I know it'll probably happen quicker with the nine and 11 year olds Absolutely. and you might need some more guided with the five year old. But if you put in the work up front and you follow that schedule consistently, that's the key um, word, yeah, yeah. Like you have to use it every day and you have to set it as an expectation and, um, providing pictures. So it's not just words. Mm -hmm. When you get older, you can use the words, but it also gives like a better flow to the child that they know what to expect. Yep. And when they know what to expect, they're going to be more successful on their own and in their overall learning. Absolutely. Um, children will learn a schedule, um, as long as the expectations and the cons mm -hmm. consistency are what's happening, they learn it in a classroom. There's no reason that they can't learn it at home. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, visual schedules. Steph has actually, Steph and I have created uh, visual templates. templates for you that you can use um, that we're going to be rolling out. Mm -hmm. On our website, eventually. Yeah. yeah. We're still kind of in the works, but... Visual templates are awesome with pictures and, um, you can print them, laminate them, cut them out. Yeah. Laminate those suckers because you can print right on them with a whiteboard marker yep. and then erase it. Laminating also keeps it longer. The kids can play around with them. If something spills on it, it's fine. <laughs> you can tape them up. You can Velcro them. Mm. You can sticky tack the pictures, um, onto the, onto the templates and write the times in. I think I've left the times blank, so you can just go in and, and write in the times that they need. You would also probably benefit for the kids to have like a little login card, card yeah. beside them so that they don't need to come and find you. And what's my login again? What's my password? Um, usually though, that's me asking my son what his login <laughs> is for his stuff. So, I mean, they get to know it pretty quick. Yeah. So he's eight, which is, you know, kind of in between Amber's nine and five year old. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that your children benefit from. And I think for the five-year-old specifically, because you might be busy with work and also, um, either if you're working on a really difficult math problem because 11-year-old math is not fun. <laughs> but for the five-year-olds, having open-ended play for them mm -hmm. uh, just keeps them busy, but they are also going to learn. So Steph and I really think that, like, look into sensory stuff, uh, yeah. whether that's sensory play or sensory bins um, or little cards with just letters or books. Like, just having those what we call busy work, um, that the child is actually going to be engaged in. So that five-year-old will be engaged in for a very long time because we all know their attention spans aren't great. Um, but yeah, having those extra activities prepared that they can go to and play with, but also knowing that they are learning during that time. Mm -hmm. I know in one of our courses, we do talk about setting up space. So mm -hmm. you did mention that making sure that you've, you've chosen the right space for the learning to occur in. So when we talk about that, we mean like something that's distraction free. So TVs are shut off. Mm -hmm. um, my son personally could not do a remote learning in his toy room. Yeah. Um, it's too distracting. He would be dressed up as every single superhero that he, he um, has, <laughs> which is quite a few. And he would have learned nothing other than, you know, Batman's costume goes really, really good with the flash mask. Um, so, I mean, really just knowing your child and what distracts them. His, his playroom is really great for like um, more hands-on STEM learning or Legos and as like science and mm -hmm. math type thing. Um, but definitely not like a remote classroom learning setting. And then I think too, if you're really struggling with curriculum, because I know you, 
Amber, you did not go to school probably to be a teacher, and if you are, then you are dealing with a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. But there are resources online that are free that will help you with lessons or the curriculum or, you know, what math should my grade three leave with at the end of the year? There are resources online that are free and that are available to you. Um, again, on our website, we have a few of those uh, resources, resources just um, a quick link to it. But use those resources and ask for help. Yeah. Um, you're not alone in this situation, and it's okay to struggle and Asking for help is not a sign of weakness, and it's actually going to help you be more successful in your life as a mom and as a career woman, and also your children's overall success. That they're, but they're going to get through this. Yeah, and just keep in mind that like learning doesn't need to be it doesn't need to be smooth sailing, perfect mm -hmm. all the time. Your children are learning no matter what is going on around them. They're little sponges; they absorb everything. So I mean, learning doesn't need to be perfect. They're you know, yelling at the computer screen, they're not paying attention, you're embarrassed because your child is that child that's like laying down when they're supposed to be sitting and paying attention. It's fine. Learning doesn't need to be perfect. It just needs, you know, it needs to happen. It needs to get done. It does. It, it can be messy. It can be yeah. non-conventional, but learning is going to happen. It's going to take place. And in the end, your child is going to absorb something. Mm -hmm. And if that's what you did for the day, then that's okay. Then that's okay. You start again. Yeah. And I think um, with you working from home too, you need to create a schedule for yourself. Mm -hmm. um, whether that is, you know, you get up extra early in the morning so you can have that coffee and silence. The oh my time. goodness. The you time. That is like, I hate when, you know, it's you, you, you've woken up early. It's quiet. It's dark. You sneak downstairs. You don't turn a light on. You make yourself that coffee and you're like, yes. I've pulled it off today, and the second you sit down, you hear that bedroom door open, Mom, are you up? And you're like, ugh. So yeah, so take that time, plan it. Like try yeah. try to get in that quiet moment. If you know that you're really effective in the morning, so you get up at like, God bless you, 4, 30, 5 o'clock in the morning oh, to, to do some work before the kiddos are up, then do it. If you're that parent that, you know, you put them to bed at 8, 9 o'clock at night, and then you work for two hours because that's when you're most effective, you're one of those night owls, good for you. Yeah. Like, you're, it's okay to break up your work time. It doesn't need to be, like, a full eight hours in, in like, an eight-hour chunk. Um, it's okay to kind of take breaks. And Give yourself it. forgiveness during the yeah. time, right? You're, you're going to get it done as well. And everybody is resilient during the time. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Hope we helped, Amber. It's time for our aha moment of the week. So what that is, is a positive moment that we've had at some point that has brought us joy because we live in a cruel, cruel world and sometimes we need happiness. What is an aha moment? Well, in teacher talk, teachers use an aha moment as the moment that it clicks, either with a child or the teacher. And that just means it's that time where a teacher goes, oh, this is why I do what I do, and it's that moment of joy, like Steph said. So, Steph, what was your aha moment of the week? So, um, we had, we just celebrated the deballing of our cat. Oh. Yeah. We went there. Okay. We went there. He's now a eunuch. You're welcome, Hawkeye. Um, <laughs> 
So I was a little bit nervous about his surgery. I made the mistake of reading on a website that somebody's cat had recently passed away after their neutering. And I was like, wait, that's a thing? My poor, beautiful kitten is going to die when he Not loses. morbid at all. We didn't, we right? didn't jump to conclusions we didn't at all. Ju- we, we went from like being perfectly okay with him not spraying the house to, to oh my god, he's going to die within like a sentence. So anyways, Literally. yeah. So I got a little nervous about it. And so uh, my eight-year-old told me that it was okay because if our cat dies, he was going to... Instead of asking Santa for his Pokemon Battlefield, he was going to oh. ask Santa for a kitten for me, which was so, so sweet. sweet. Like, he's a good kid when he's not being mouthy or sarcastic. He is a good kid. Oh. So he was going to give me... He has his, such a big heart. He does. He was going to give me his, his one wish from Santa oh. um, if our cat died when he lost his nuts. Wow. So... Wow. Well, again, you always try to find <laughs> the bright side. The bright side of everything. But good news is is the cat is home. He is I don't know how I'm supposed to keep a cone on him for 10 days and keep him quiet. Um, but he has learned that he can collect all of his toys inside of the cone and then carry them around the house. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> See, you did a hard thing. I did. And you made it out, and so did he. He did. And Cyrus got to keep his Christmas wish. wish. That's beautiful. That's a really good moment. Yeah, okay, what's yours? <laughs> Mine is the prom came out on Friday. The prom did. <laughs> and then I watched it, because you told me that I needed I to get on that right to. now. And Did I disappoint you? You did not disappoint me. Just like my restaurant choices. Did Meryl Streep, James Corden, disappoint me? No. You know, like we discussed, we don't know who our favorite character is, but it's so true. And I am a musical Broadway fanatic. I love all things. And during COVID, we can't go to live theater. We can't. We've been to a few plays together. Yeah. And we can't do that. We were supposed to see Hamilton and, well, number one, it's ridiculously costly to go see that. But also COVID hit, so I'm blaming COVID, not my financial bank account. But this... Just gave me all the feels of comfort and love and inclusivity and happiness and sarcasm. The, oh my goodness. The pop culture references intertwined throughout. The songs are so smart. So smart. So smart. The lyrics. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. I just... I mean, I've loved it since I heard about it com- coming out in mm-hmm. Broadway. If you haven't heard of the prom that is originally from like New York Broadway... Mm-hmm. Um, Look it up. They were the first uh, same-sex kiss on tele- like live television with the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade mm-hmm. last year. And I've been following it ever since. Uh, the lead character who played um, Emma in Broadway, she did like a 10-part Broadway series for Broadway.com. Incredible. And now that I get to watch it every day of my life, I'm happy. <laughs> happy so if you haven't seen it go and watch it because mm-hmm. five stars highly recommend yeah just netflix send me another check because, <laughs> because we will promote all the things yeah. it is a movie that does a really excellent job of feeling like a broadway musical mm-hmm. i mean and so good for today's world like <sighs> everything that 
we have struggled with in the last year is addressed in so many ways. Just amazing. All right. On that note, I think um, we will close off our yeah. first podcast. Mm-hmm. So remember when we said this was going to be 30 minutes an hour at 45, you're welcome friends. An extra 15 minutes of time together. It is really time you will never get back, but it is well spent with friends. Yes. We hope it brought a smile to your face. We hope that this helps you during this difficult time of learning. Yeah. So remember, like learning doesn't need to be perfect. It's going to happen whether it's perfect or not. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in those moments where things fail and they don't work out is where you learn the most, both like socially and like learning to bounce back and all that jazz. So, I mean, realistically, learning doesn't need to be perfect. No. Learning can be messy. It can it can be all kinds of things. Um, just remember that it should be fun. So, we'll end it with playing is fun and learning, learning should, should be, be too. too. Bye, guys. <laughs>